The horizon is wide and the highway is calling. That means it's time for another episode of American Road Trip Talk. I'm your host, Gary Mance, with a welcome and an invitation to travel the byways and back roads of yesteryear, searching for America in every incomparable mile. Welcome once again, ladies and gentlemen. Delighted to have you with us. Today, the headline, two words, truckers wanted. According to a recent report in CNN and in other media all over the country, the trucking industry is short 80,000 drivers, a record high, according to Chris Spear, who is president and CEO of the American Trucking Associations. He said that to CNN recently in a report that also indicates this is a 30% increase from before the pandemic, when the industry already faced a labor shortage of 61,500 drivers. Mr. Spear added, that's a pretty big spike. The how, the why, and what the heck do we do about it? That's our subject today as we get into yet another conversation with a gentleman who is beginning to function as a correspondent on Trip Talk, and I like that fine. Matt Shea joins us in studio. This is American Road Trip Talk, the trucking shortage crisis in America. That's what we'll be talking about right after this. Hi, everybody. This is Anson Williams from Happy Days. And I want to bring attention to a life-saving product called Alert Drops. Drowsy driving is one of the most catastrophic problems in America, and Alert Drops will stop it. Kids studying in college, drinking too much caffeine, overloading on these energy drinks, they end up in the hospital. Alert Drops will stop it. What is Alert Drops? Alert Drops is a simple spray on the tongue made out of citric acid, sour lemon, and water, co-created with my uncle, Dr. Henry Heimlich, creator of the Heimlich Maneuver, who said, Anson, Alert Drops will save more lives than the maneuver. Whether you are driving, whether you are studying, whether you're just a tired mom, whenever you need to be alert, get Alert Drops. A simple spray on the tongue, nothing in your system, and you're naturally awake, naturally alert. It's scientifically proven. It's doctor approved. Again, it's natural. It's been honored by the United States Congress. Go to alertjobs.com. Very important. Go to alertjobs.com and stay safe. Alternative Talk 1150, the talk of the sound. Welcome back to American Road Trip Talk. A moment before we begin our interview with Matt Shea, I want to say thank you to my buddy and a fine, fine producer, Eric Ryder. He has been promoted. He is still in our radio family there in Seattle. He has just been named operations manager for the station where we broadcast every Friday, AM 1150 KKNW in Seattle, and a sister station within the same radio group. It's a big step up for Eric Ryder, and we wish him nothing but the best. At the same time, let me get you acquainted with the gentleman who has filled in a few times, Nathan Miller. Nathan, will you come on the mic, please? Good afternoon, Gary, and it's a pleasure to be along the ride with you, and I promise I won't be too much of a backseat driver. Oh, (laughs) that's okay. Sometimes I need the extra help. Nathan Miller, congratulations on being our new producer. We are absolutely thrilled to have you with us. I've worked with you for years now. I think you are extraordinary, and I hope you enjoy the ride. I'm all buckled up. Fantastic. Yes, we we drive safely around here. 
Let's say hello once again to Matt Shea. Here is a gentleman who knows more than a little about climbing into the big rig. He was a trucker for years, as a matter of fact, and he is intimately aware of what that lifestyle brings in terms of challenges, achievements, and pure joy, the joy of the open road. There's a sort of romance to it when you hear Matt Shea describe it. Matt, welcome to Trip Talk once again. You're getting to be quite the regular here, buddy. Any way I could get in, I'm coming, Gary. I love Fridays <laughs> and I love this show. Thank you so much. We've got an interesting topic today, Matt, because we're talking about an industry that could foresee that they were going to have a labor shortage. They needed truckers in America from coast to coast. And then the pandemic hit. And wow, there was, it seems like the whole industry, along with many others, just got walloped. And now, as our economy is rebounding. People are starting to go out once again en masse. Where are we in terms of the need for truckers to get those goods to households and stores across America? That is a very good question because I've spoke to several truckers recently, including not too long ago, and some say it's a farce in their opinion and they explain why. And others say, wait a minute, don't get alarmed. It's not as bad as you think. I put myself through trucking school at least two different times in the past so many years. And the last time I went through when they told us the shortage was coming, and they said one reason is that the government is tightening down on policy and regulation, where they're testing everybody, they're seeing if they're qualified to drive, they're checking their health, their vehicles, everything. So that omitted a lot of guys on the road who technically shouldn't have been there. Now, recently, I had the honor of talking to an Ignacio Robero. He's from Rancho Cucamonga, California. He's been driving for 28 years, and he was the guy that said it's kind of sketchy. He said there are a lot of available drivers out there, but they're going to go where the higher dollar is. Keep in mind, they should get paid a little more because the trade-off is home life. He says many went back to home life and to work in their communities unless you could lure them out there with good incentive to pay. And they also point out that truckers, we love shifting the gears. They are going more and more automatic. When first automatics came out, great idea, but they were only one mile to the gallon, not cost effective. Now they surpass the standard setup with the clutch so that companies are going for them, and a lot of drivers are simply saying, this isn't fun anymore. Something as simple as that. Today, a driver could start off making over $50,000 while he's training. And after a couple years of training, if not sooner, they could become owner-operator, and now the big bucks come in. They're making their six figures. My buddy, Mike Hansen, who I did long haul with briefly, he made $8,000 last week alone. We're talking seven days, $8,000 trucking. We had a real busy week a few years ago, and we cleared $4,000 in one week. And he says, this is why we do it. Today, he's, on, he's made over 150000 so far for this year, and he's taken quite a bit of time off some vacation. That's what is now luring people back into the trade. Some of them are going to trucking school. The average trucker today for long haul is 55 years old. Many people like myself, it's their second childhood, their second career. 
They have retired. What else is out there? They get into this trucking stuff and they love it. And that was, you anticipated me, Matt, because I was wondering, wondering how many of the truckers who will be behind the wheel in the next year, two years, three, five years down the road are those who were lured out of retirement by a more lucrative compensation package. That is exactly what's happening. A lot of them are returning to the old trade. They're getting back on the road because now they justify it. Years and years ago, the American trucker before deregulation was up there with the Alaska fishermen. They had bragging rights. They were making something. When deregulation hit, it was much like a right-to-work state. It was open for everybody. Now you had a flooded market, too many drivers. Right now, our economy is booming, but we also had a baby boomer effect. We've had a lot of drivers retire in recent years. So you have some leave the trade to be with family because the pay was not justified. Others who retired, others left because the economy was down. Now it's backwards. Economy is up. They're flooding in. There are incentive packages. Some companies pay you several thousand dollars upon signing to work with them. This is the idea of the signing bonus. It used to be just for athletes. Yes. Well, Sometimes that bonus is around $10,000. I'm sure there's quite a commitment involved, but that's what we're after. We're after longevity. We're after security. Now, getting back to my friend, uh, my, my friend from California, he says the reason he trucks is that he likes to work alone and that he likes to absorb God's creation, America, people. That's what he's doing while he's earning a living, and he says, as an owner-operator, I am now getting what I am worth. I earn a lot of money, but I earn it. This is me. This is my statement of the working world. I would like to point out that Big Country out of Tennessee, that's his name, turns 41 today, and he says, about we truckers, it's a brotherhood. It's a fellowship. He wanted to emphasize that his company when drivers were stranded because of the knee-jerk panic response to COVID, his company, while doing routes, would pick up stranded drivers at truck stops and motels, and they would get them home at any expense, feed them, put money in their pocket. The company wanted the receipts because the company was going to pay for that. It's that type of fellowship out there. That fellowship, I would think, Matt, would have to extend in many cases. And I'd love to have the statistics on it, not that I'm expecting you to cough them up. But if we had them, it would be nice to know in this discussion. How about husband and wife trucking teams? I mean, to be out there on the road together, you know, the loneliness factor is what occurs to me. Uh, and it's typically male. I mean, they're female truckers, obviously. They're, but the the images of a man who has to leave kith and kin for long periods of time in order to bring back a lot of bacon by delivering bacon around the country, these long haul truckers. And when they come back, they get to spend a little time with their family and then boom, they're back on the road again. I would think if you wanted to make up this amazing shortfall, I mean, we're right now short 80,000 drivers. If you're going to get over that major hump, there ought to be a way to include some togetherness, whether it's encouraging man and wife teams, partnered teams, 
or else you've got to have that kind of brotherhood and sisterhood on the road that creates a family feeling to fight against this desperate loneliness that goes with such a rigorous career out on the open road. I am so glad you brought that up. What comes to mind is my friends, Daryl and Ingrid out of Canada. They make a good trucking team. And I've met many wives. Oh, my husband and I trucked for years. We love it. It is very common for the married life to continue in the cab of that truck as they travel together. Now, years ago, I wrote a story called The Essay, and it had to do about the saga of such a trucker being away from home too long because the longer he was away, the more the family had. So he was going to be the variable. He was going to take the pain, not complain, but it took a toll on the family. And when his kids saw that he was well-published and read it, they then understood why dad was gone. It was a self-sacrificing labor of love, and he's keeping the country alive. That's what they're all doing. And helping in a very important way to keep the economy alive. Here is a factoid. Truck drivers move 71% of the U.S. economy's goods, but represent just 4% of the vehicles on the roads. If nothing is done, the latest figures put the industry on track for a shortage of 160,000 drivers by 2030 and the need for 1 million new drivers over the next 10 years. That's according to the American Trucking Associations. Obviously, the problem is, is huge. I believe that we'll definitely get to where we need to be. The question is how, and I'm certainly a fan of good, honest PR in any industry. It's going to take a lot of that to be communicated to people, either to lure them back into the industry that they once enjoyed, or to get newcomers to realize that there is something special, something liberating about a commitment to trucking, that sense of freedom. I had just mentioned my friend, big country, newly made friend. He started driving a couple years ago. Today, he's 41. I am 64. I started driving. I officially drove long haul in my late 50s. Many people, when they retire young, they run off with that industry, and they absolutely love it. So an awful lot of retirees are going to get into saddle. And again, we had a pleasant surprise. We had the success of many drivers retiring. Wonderful. There is retirement to this if you do it right. We had the economy escalate. It boomed. We got a gap. We got to replace those truckers and get more. Everything's in motion. And the trucking companies, again, they are training people for free. They are giving bonuses. You're getting paid quite well the way it used to be. And so let me ask you the hard question, Matt, which is if these incentives are there and if the lucrative the lucrative lure, let's call it that, if that is present, and I can certainly see that being the case, so why aren't people just flocking to these trucking schools or asking if their license is still good and can they get back behind the wheel? What would be the sticking point for, let's say, if there is such a thing, what would be the sticking point for the average or the typical trucker? Well, again, things have been set in motion and they've upgraded what needed to be done and now it's in the process of happening. There are people getting out there on the road, going to these schools, 
making their 50000 a year, their first-year audit. So I'm going to say it is happening. Uh, we would like to escalate more because we certainly have a lot of trucks to get out there, but they are coming back. It is booming there, but not at the rate we would like. No, that's for sure. You mentioned at the outset that you start at one salary level, an expectation of making so much money, and then you become an owner operator. Is there a rule about number of miles, length of service there before you could actually qualify for that designation as an owner operator? It's all discretion, play by ear, how you feel comfortable with. Now, my buddy, Mike Hansen, who I did long haul with, he only drove a couple years. But as soon as he was done training and drove a little bit for the company, within a year, he was already doing owner-operator. Other people, they get a couple of years' experience under their belt before they move up to the big league. And so it's your call, based on how you're developing and having lived it for a while, to be honest with yourself that this is what you really want to do. Once you are out on the road, Matt, now you've experienced this yourself. You, you speak with authority. Is there a kind of loose-knit or tight-knit confederation of truckers? Now, there's a trucking association or any number of them. There's, we just quoted the American Trucking Associations. What does that look like on the road? I mean, who is there to support these people? We've all gone by the truck stops or stopped at them as motorists even. I've done that. And yet... I will see that there are people who are members of, for example, if they have a particular religious persuasion, they find fellowship among their fellow truckers on the road. This sounds like great community building. Gary, I was out there momentarily and I lived it. Among other things, we have Trucking Truth Christian truck drivers, and they even have a 24-hour trucker's prayer line, one 800 248 8662. They also have a suicide prevention line, and it's for everybody. You don't have to be a trucker. 1 800 273 TALK or 1 800 273 8255. And then we have the Association of Christian Truckers, and they emphasize you don't have to be a trucker to join. And they refer to themselves as the road angels. Their number is 618-427-3737. And among other things, they can take care of you if you're hungry, if you need your clothes to be washed. Well, that's my idea of ministry. And I do mean to suggest this entirely in a non-sectarian way. Wonderful to know that those resources are out there, the fellowship, the community. You can find it in strictly secular terms, whether you're religious or not. You can go to a place, and I love to plug this, and I would hope to visit it one day. I've heard the legends, I-80. To be able to go to this place, it's isn't it called Trucker's Disneyland? It is referred to as the Trucker's Disneyland. For me, <laughs> I thought it was the city of Oz, the Emerald City, as I approached. It has everything, and it has um, shops. It has a Trucker's Jamboree that is July 14th to 16th, and the Jamboree has a beauty contest, the Olympics, and a vote to see which, do which trucker has the best four-legged friend riding shotgun with them. 
They also have the pork chop cook-off there, which I love. Over 175 booths will be there. But they have a museum there. They have eight restaurants. They're always open there. They have a barber shop, a dentist, a chiropractor, a doggo mat to bathe your dog. They, oh, have wow. the, they have the driver's den where you could watch TV with a bunch of fellow drivers, visit with them, private showers, and the list goes on and on. So this is a creation, beautiful concept that started in 1964, and this is Iowa I-80, and it is P.O. Box 639-755 West Iowa 80 Road, and of course they have a phone number. 563-284-96, excuse me, 6961. Let me repeat that. 563-284-6961. At last I heard, they were up to 900 stalls for the semi, and they have well over 5,000 visitors a day. It just seems so vast. I've seen some pictures. That is a wonderful thing to have available to truckers and the entire trucking industry. When you were making friends out there this week in anticipation of being with us, Matt, what were the stories coming from the men chiefly that you met who were or are truckers? Is there something in particular that they really miss about it that would lure them back to the open road? Is it the open road itself, that sense of freedom? What was it about the lifestyle that they most enjoyed? I want to mention my buddy Bernard Choi at this point because he would come in from Canada and I would service him at the loading dock. He loved driving, but he also liked family. He also likes people. And he let me know that he had a passenger's endorsement. So these truckers, sometimes they're driving a tour bus and they're loving the people they travel. Or sometimes they go from long haul and just work in the neighborhood, the community. They're still driving something, a bus or a truck, but they're home every night. They have a little bit of leeway and control. They don't necessarily have to be away from home weeks at a time. That flexibility is very important. And was it that for you? I mean, Matt Shea, what was it at the peak of your time in trucking? What was that rush that you got? Flying down the road, what, what did it for you? The happiest day I've ever had in my working life, and I've always had good jobs. I've never had a bad one. I've always had great bosses. It was my second day doing long haul with Mike because he was out asleep behind me in the bunk. I was entering Utah the first time these canyons that were created the day the earth was made, billions of years old, a storm was coming in. I'm just loving it all. I'm driving this rig by myself, and we're carrying, carrying product for the community ahead of us. I never felt so gratified, and I kept thanking God that I finally made it. Now, I'm going to mention a movie that was called They Drive at Night. That was a 1940 Humphrey Bogart movie. That movie inspired many of my old-timer friends to drive semi. And so it was called They Drive by the Night, he and George Raft. Okay, that always stayed in the back of my mind, and then my day came when I was eligible, and like those guys, I ran off with that circus. The road, it's always calling out to me. I always keep my CDL and health card alive. 
If I wanted to, I could be in a semi tomorrow. I have the friends and I've got the credentials. And getting down to another practicality, as people get into the industry, some of them are going to be older. Things start to go wrong. Things need to be fixed. And I don't mean with the truck. What is the relationship between the trucker and health providers? They're all unified as one. The companies have their hotlines. You call them, somebody's talking to you, somebody's coming out to you. I lost a tire, it exploded when I was on the outskirts of Oregon, and they I just made my call, somebody came out and they took care of it. It's different when the family station wagon loses a tire versus a semi out on the freeway. But they're there, you're never alone. You have your radio, your GPS, you have your phone, they know where you are, and that phone doesn't ring long, they answer it. So as we wrap up, Matt, tell us something optimistic, your own projections about how we will be able to supply the truckers that America needs going forward. It is happening right now, but this is the early stages of it. And how exciting a person out there who wants a career change, try it, see the country, pick a driver you like, find one, you'll get recruited. When you go to these schools, that trainer is sizing you up. He might employ you to drive for him. The word gets out. Other companies compete for you as if you just want a Heisman. It's a whole world opening up while you're seeing the country. And one of the biggest shocks I've had in my working life is when they said, here, Matt, they were handing me a paycheck. I forgot about that. I was so thrilled with the adventure that I finally got out there and did it. I love the way you describe the life. I envy you that, and I certainly hope that many will catch the bug because we need them, and the romance of the road is still alive. That's the best news of all. Thank you, Matt Shea. Gary, I want to point out this fellowship and brotherhood. We have a lot of housewives out there. We have a lot of grandmothers out there. We've got families. And again, big country who's 41 today, he wants his kids to get a CDL because, like myself, you could pursue different things, get your career, get your retirement. Keep that feather in your cap. Keep it alive. Again, if I wanted to, I could be going down the freeway tomorrow in a semi. It's hard for me not to do it some days. I love the picture that you paint, and it seems both optimistic and yet realistic, Matt. Thank you so much for joining us once again today. It won't be long before another visit with you. I'm here. <laughs> Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for tuning in today. Anytime you tune in to American Road Trip Talk, we're glad to have you along for the ride. Along with Thomas and Becky Rapp, co-founders of American Road Magazine, we remind you to visit our website, AmericanRoadMagazine.com, and check out the current issue. Until next time, dream well and drive safely on the American Road. Hi, everybody. This is Anson Williams from Happy Days, and I'm so excited to tell you about American Road. It is the best car travel magazine in the world. They have the most fantastic adventures detailed in each magazine with all your itinerary. We could just jump in the car with your family and have the most fabulous adventures you've ever had in your life. Please get a copy of American Road and start your own adventure.